Hi guys, I'm Coach Desi and this is Post Stop to Won't Stop. I'm a physician assistant who fell in love with bariatrics while working with a surgeon here in Florida. Finding ways to help my patients in their journey has always been my priority. I'm now a personal trainer who works with clients to help them reach their goals and stay on track after their surgery. Post Stop to Won't Stop was developed to allow patients a platform to share their stories and to help educate people on the process of weight loss through surgery. Let's listen to real people share their wins and losses and learn what really happens in the journey after surgery. Hi guys, it's Coach Desi and today I have a great guest. Her name is Jamesia and she had weight loss surgery about 10 years ago and boy has her journey been incredible. Uh, what started out as weight loss surgery soon turned into much, much more. So let's get into it. Hi, Jamesia. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate this. You are very, very welcome. Awesome. Well, I know my, my uh, listeners would love to know about your journey. So go ahead and walk us through what, what your weight loss journey has been like with bariatric surgery. Um, I have tried, I feel like everything known to man. Um, when I first, first started my journey, I was about like 256 was my highest weight. And I decided I was going to try Jenny Craig. And I did that at least three times. Um, after the first time it gets old. So, um, it, I lost about 15 pounds with that end up gaining it back. Um, then I decided to go to one of those uh, weight loss clinics where they shoot you up with B12 and give you caffeine pills. Um, I lost about 15, 15 pounds with that, um, but I didn't keep it off. Um, tried hydroxy cuts, tried slim fast. Um, and then I don't know who it was, but somebody suggested weight loss surgery. And I thought that I wouldn't qualify for it because otherwise I was healthy. Um, I was just big and I didn't have any like complications, didn't feel bad, but I ended up going to a seminar, um, a weight loss seminar that the hospital was putting on. I believe it was Palms of Pasadena. I think it's been a little while ago, so I don't remember all the specifics, but I went and they were really helpful in like walking me through the whole process, like getting the paperwork done, contacting the insurance company. This is what you need to do next. Next thing I knew, I was qualified for weight loss surgery with, um, with a BMI of 41. And I started um, at 236 with them. So I had kept off a little bit of weight, but I was still wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, my goal at that point was just to be a size 16. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, I can still have my curves. I can still be a 16. I can still be cute. Yes, um, I love that. <laughs> so uh, March 2010, um, I had weight loss surgery. I had the lap band. And what they told me is um, I had the spider, which was um, pretty new at that time. So it was laparoscopic. It didn't leave like a big um, uh, scar or anything. Um, and I came, I was able to get the surgery done and I was home in like two days. And then the journey began because I watch and I love my 600 pound life. I love it. I love it so much. And they all lose weight so quickly. And I didn't, um, 
I thought it was just going to fall off. The first 15 pounds did fall off. And I got to my 210 and I was cute and buying new clothes and I was just excited. And then there was no more weight loss. So from 2010 to 2013, I was about the same. I, I stayed about the 200s range, but I was like, my goal was to get, I had some, I had surpassed my, my size 16 goal. So I was, I was happy. I didn't think about all of that. Yeah. Um, but I got to, I got in the, the 200 range and I hadn't lost any more weight and I wanted to lose more. And, um, yeah, I, after that, I started running five K's. I hadn't seen, um, many awesome. people, yes, I hadn't seen many people that look like me running five K's. There are not many, um, African-Americans out doing them because they think that they're hard and they think, you know, at least my circle felt like it was something difficult because it's not something that we ever been exposed to. So I started doing those and then I started bullying people to do them with me. <laughs> and then, um, I would get people to come walk with me and come run with me. So um, I have a whole, a whole score of medals on my wall of just being able to finish and then getting my friends to do them along with me. Um, I was able to get down to my lowest weight. Um, about 2015, 2016, I got down to 167. And in my mind, I still wasn't small enough. Like it was like, yeah, I had passed the size 16 goal. I had passed 180, which I thought would never happen. And then I got to 167. I was like, but it's not 165. So it, the whole journey has been a, a mental, a mental struggle of going up and down and not seeing the progress, but seeing the progress and trying to surround yourself with people that are um, very supportive of your uh, weight loss goal. So that, that's it in a, in a nutshell, I had surgery, I lost some weight, but it didn't take, it didn't, it wasn't really fast. It took years of trying to keep those lifestyle habits and portion sizes under control and yeah, struggle with sweets, addiction, everything. There's some of everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I find interesting? So I forgot that you were a spider. Um, so spider was the name of the instrument that we used to place the lap band. And yeah, it, the purpose was to try to decrease the amount of um, holes that we put in your stomach, essentially. So there'd be less scarring. So yes. Um, the other thing that comes that jumps out to me is, um, is that you still, and I love when, when patients talk about this, or clients talk about this, you know, the mindset um, that has to happen and change throughout the journey. And then, you know, like you said, you would reach a goal and then it's like, well, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And that's, that's very honest and bold. And I'm glad you brought it up because that's common for so many people. Um, and where are you today with that? Do you, are you still wrestling with that or... I do. Um, in, in my community, curves are, are wonderful. And you will hear from time to time, I'm going to be too small, don't get too skinny and whatever. And, um, and you see like the BMI chart and you see for someone your height, 
on um and somebody for you know for your age you should weigh a certain amount so i'm supposed to be somewhere between like 120 and 140 and that's never been my goal but i'm like okay i'm going to try to get to it as close as possible so i set a goal of 165 but even you know i got to like 170 and people like oh girl you look good and your waist looks snatched and you look and i'm like okay but in my mind it still like wasn't 165 like i hadn't met that um today it's it's been a struggle the past few years because let me back up um in the process of the weight loss journey, I met a dietitian, Ms. Pat, who I still talk to Ms. to this day. And um, what I wasn't aware of was like what portion sizes were, what calories come in different things, how things can be really calorie rich, but only be a small portion. So it could be a half a cup of ice cream, but have all these calories in it and, and wasn't aware of that. And in meeting her, and going over that whole lifestyle, you know, changes. I was like, hey, I kind of like what she does. I like to do what she, yes, I like what she does. So I'd like to do it too for someone else. So I ended up changing careers. But to go back to, and we'll get back to that. But to answer your question, where I am today, it is still a mental struggle because I found out I'm going to be a mom. So now <laughs> I know. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm 23 weeks in and now I have to gain weight on purpose where I've been spending since before 2010 trying to lose weight. So now it's like you have to gain it. It doesn't have to be an exorbitant amount, but you still have to, the scale needs to go up in order to sustain another life inside you. So it's like, how do I, I don't know if I've quite come to terms with it. What helps me best is not getting on the scale every day at this point. Um, before, um, you know, before pregnancy was how I know exactly where I am today. I can go on my fitness pal right now and tell you what I weighed in April 2015 because I was just that diligent with writing everything down, tracking my progress. I have a whole spreadsheet, like just that low-key obsessed with where the numbers were. And now it's like for my sanity sake, I need to stay off the scale because now it's not all about me now i have to make sure it's about someone else so i'm i'm okay um daily i have to take it each day at a time and say okay you have to eat what's necessary so that the baby will be okay yes. um so my mindset is it's up and down it's like i saw the scale getting it was it was getting to 195 and I got scared and I was like, I haven't seen a number that high in so long, but it's like, but the baby needs to grow. And you look at all the pregnancy weight grids and you're supposed to gain this much by this trimester or this, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a struggle. Every yes. day, every day. You're a work in progress, as we say. Yeah. Work in progress. Yes, very interesting. Motherhood starts already, right? We already, the minute we find out we're pregnant, it's like, the mom thing starts. Okay, how am I going to make this baby be fine? Motherhood starts the minute you know you're pregnant. Yes. 
Yes, I'm, I'm learning that now. I've been, I have a whole lot that goes on in my head because I'm, I'm older, I'm 39, and I didn't think that I could have them. So for me to be pregnant now is like awesome. But then the doctor throws out advanced maternal age. And I'm like, I don't even have any gray hair, but you're trying to call me old, which means you have to, <laughs> you just watching me a little bit more, which I appreciate, but I'm like, Ugh. so I'm old and I got to gain weight. And I'm like, okay, I just gotta, we'll, we'll worry about getting the weight off after the baby comes. In the meantime, let's just make sure the baby is okay. Yeah. And let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the moment and be in the moment. So congratulations again on that. As I said in the introduction, we got so much to talk to you about. You went on to be a registered dietitian, became a big part of who you are and your life and your and your career now. So um, I know Miss Pat, everybody loves Miss Pat. She really inspired you. And so I'm just curious how did that lead to you deciding to change careers and become a dietitian? Um, when, in order to get qualified for weight loss surgery, you have to see a myriad of people. You have to see a psychologist. You have to see a dietitian. You have to go through that class. And in her um, teaching, like seeing her in the class with some other um, patients that were trying to get qualified, she brought out food models and show me this is what a cup looks like. This is what a serving of meat is. Like those, I mean, it may sound elementary, but it didn't, like it didn't dawn on me that the fact that I was going home and eating like a box of cupcakes, like I would bake cupcakes for dinner and frost them and eat ice cream to go with them. Just her educating me in, in my ignorance of knowing what's just in foods. I, I really appreciated it. And I really, I realized that I like teaching people things that they don't necessarily know so that they can have that aha moment. So when she's like, this is what a serving size looks like. I'm like, oh, I don't think a lot of people know this is what a serving size is or a cup of rice is actually three servings instead of just one serving. And in, in my world, we like rice. We love rice. So um, her just teaching that um, really, like it turned on a light bulb for me. I was a claims adjuster for 12 years and it was a very high stress job. Some people can deal with stress well. I don't, I absorb it. So it turned me into a person that was not very kind. And I was like, I'm not, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I was like, hey, I like what Miss Pat does. I've learned a lot. I do some exercising now. And so I quit my job <laughs> and I went back to school at the age of 35 to become a registered dietitian. What a journey. Like you went from bariatric surgery and, mm -hmm. and then said, oh, I'm gonna change career. You changed your life. I mean, you really had a lifestyle change. Congratulations to that for sure. Um, so what's it like now being on the other end? Now you're a practitioner, you're, you're teaching others. What's that like, be, like role reversal? It, 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 <laughs> it's a it is a struggle. Um, we learn a lot in, in dietetics. Um, 
And one of those things is being able to counsel people who are ready for change and who are resistant to change. The field that I am in now, um, I work specifically with women, infants, and children. So you're kind of trying to tell mom how much milk and juice and how many vegetables their kids should be getting, you know, every day. Um, it's, it's rewarding when you hear a mom say, oh, well, I can try that because the kid doesn't like water, for, for instance. Hey, have you tried cutting up some fruit and putting it in that water? Because the kid loves fruit. You know, you try that. Um, and they're like, oh, well, I never thought about that. He loves, lo you know, he loves fruit. He loves vegetables. Maybe we can try some other ways. Um, the frustrating part is when they just tell you, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then they just tell you what you, you know, what they think you want to hear. And then they're like, all right, can you go ahead and issue my benefits to me, please? And I'm like, okay. Well, um, well, thank you for your time. I hope you have a good day. Um, but the the bright spots are when you do meet those people who are like, thank you. I hadn't thought about that. Or my child had issues eating certain things and, and now they're gaining weight at a time that they weren't. Or, um, you know, they're... Uh, their health is where it should be, or they're in the right percentile for their age. Um, it's it's a difficult thing um, outside of work when you're you know trying to explain like the healthy reasons why you should eat fruits and vegetables, maybe to your friends or just people that you come across, and they're like, "Well, I have more energy when I eat just one type of food," and you're like, "But you need." more. You need a diverse amount of food because certain ethnicities are prone to more um, to um, comorbid conditions, diabetes, heart disease, and all those other things. And you're like, the things that you put in your mouth really do affect that. And trying to help someone understand that when they don't feel sick right now can be a struggle, but you still end up being a, you know, you still end up being a, a nutrition evangelist and you still gonna tell the truth and prophesy um, whether they want it or not because you want to see your friends and family live long. And that's what makes the job fun. You know, I think as a practitioner, I think it's in our hearts to want to heal everyone. And, you know, it's the nurturer in us. And it's a sort of a stab to the spirit when there's someone who's just not ready. They're just not ready in their journey. And so we kind of have to release them back to the world and just kind of, all right, well, when you're ready, I'll be here. And it's just that little bit of patience. But I definitely agree. It's, it's the highlight when you get someone who really is ready and they make those changes. It's just a beautiful thing to be part of that journey. Um, so I would like to ask, uh, given your journey, have you looked at maybe uh, specializing in bariatrics? I am very interested in bariatrics. This is essentially why I came, you know, why I left where I was to change careers because my ultimate goal, my dream job will be working with bariatric patients, people who are like me, um, who just didn't know and they want to know and want to change their life. And um, yeah, that, of course, I've been eyeing bariatrics. I'm trying to get there. I, I believe you're, you're, I believe you might be on a path to that yeah. in the future. Yeah. So we'll be sure any listeners that are interested in um, contacting Jamesia for that 
service. We'll make sure to keep you posted. So um, definitely hope that that uh, happens sooner than later. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, keep hope alive. I'm, I'm Yay. ready. Yay. Now, what, um, what advice would you give to a bariatric patient now um, post-operatively that maybe they you think they need to know to help them in their journey right now from either a personal standpoint or from a dietitian standpoint. I mean, you've got so much to say and so much. I mean, I would just love to just tap into your brain. So maybe pick out a couple of bullet points of, of things that you would recommend um, to someone who's, who's either getting ready for surgery or has already had surgery. My first suggestion would be to use the, the band or whatever surgery you have as a tool. People can say it to you till the cows come home, but it really is like, if you're expecting the surgery to do all the work, um, you will be disappointed. It does require some change on your behalf. Um, yeah, the first 15 pounds, yes, for me, they came off really fast. But because, you know, after you have surgery, you're not eating solid foods for um, a few weeks until you kind of, you progress in stages at, as I was at that time. So yeah, I wasn't eating a lot of calories. So I lost a bunch of weight. So I thought that the rest of the pounds were going to fall off like that. Um, they may fall off in the beginning, but if you want to continue the traje trajectory of losing weight, you'll have to make some, some choices. Um, another bullet point is don't feel like you have to make all the choices in one day. You don't have to eat, you drink all 96 ounces of water and um, all 15 servings of vegetables and do no fats and all of that stuff in one day because you're going to be really angry. You're going to be angry as a person and horrible to be around. I'm going to drink a little bit more water today than I did yesterday. I'm going to drink, eat more vegetables today. I'm going to, I had, this is me personally. I had a trainer that said, can you just take it down to one cookie a day instead of having five, just take it down to one because sometimes you can't, it, there's not a way for you to just cold turkey. Everybody's not a cold turkey person. So create a, a step in your like many goals in your mind that say, I'm going to do better today than I did yesterday. And, um, and I'll break that way. And before you know it, you know, all I like is water. And I really prefer vegetables over French fries because you've taken the time to say, take it one, just one choice, one choice at a time. And you'll, you'll see some, you'll definitely see some success. And don't beat yourself up if you have a bad day. Just pick up the next meal. Okay, so you had a cookie today. You didn't plan on it. But hey, tomorrow you won't. Or for lunch you won't. Or hey, dinner, I'm going to have my vegetables and my protein. Don't think that the all is lost because you chose something that wasn't in your plan for today. That is great and solid advice. I love how you explained the dynamics of taking out a, a big goal and breaking it down into smaller attainable goals because that is where success lives and those small multiple decisions you make in a day that add up to big things. So we don't have to do all the things like you said, you know, we can do one small thing at a time. Now, um, you had brought up earlier in the conversation about different um, ethnicities are 
are at higher uh, risk of, of diseases. And you had mentioned that even when you were getting ready for your running, that in your in your culture, that it, people just were like looking at you sideways. So, yes. you know, how, how <laughs> talk to me about that from a cultural standpoint. What, what do you think, um, how, how do we change that? I think it's, it's, oh, I want to say it's difficult kind of all over the board. Um, I want to say with, with my family and friends, it became something doable because they saw someone else doing it. So it's, it would be different to say, Hey, come, come, um, you should sign up for a marathon or a half marathon. I've, I've done a few half marathons, which I never, I never thought that was possible. I never thought that was something that I could do. Um, and it all, all it took one friend of mine saying, Hey, Hey, Jay Mills, we should sign up for iron girl. And instead of me saying, nah, we don't, I don't do that. She was like, well, you should do it. Or, you know, like it didn't, I didn't turn her down. I was like, okay, so when do we start? Like, when do we run? And just having someone, your friend just encourages you, Hey, just let's do it. We're not going to worry about how, how long it takes us. We're just going to finish it. And I think that's what helped me. So that's something that I would like to do for more people in my community. Just showing that, hey, it can be done. It doesn't have to be this ridiculous goal. It doesn't have to be like, don't look at the hard part of it. Just look at finishing. I had um, one lady, um, I thank her to this day. She um, we were trying to create a team for Iron Girl and she was like, you know what, I'm just going to come pick up my shirt. I'm not doing this race. And I'm like, well, why would you drive all the way to Clearwater just to get your shirt and turn around and go home? Like you live on the other side of town. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, long story short, she ended up doing the, the 5k and Iron Girl, if you've ever done it, is a difficult one. You're going over a bridge with a, a serious incline and you're doing it twice. You're on your way out and then you're coming back in and you're doing it. And um, when she was done, she said, thank you for pushing me. I really appreciate you pushing me to do that. And all I just asked was like, it just didn't make sense for me to her, for her to waste her gas to just come get a t-shirt. Um, if I can see you do it, then I do it. And then in turn, because someone else saw another person do it, like the dominoes keep going. So the more that we are active or there are more people out there like me that's saying, hey, we can get out there and walk. We can get out there and run. We can finish. Hey, they give you a medal. They give you a t-shirt and they give you breakfast most of the time. Like, it's just like, it's worth it. Desire to be healthy becomes contagious when someone else sees you do it. So that, that's something that I prefer for my community. And I know it's something they can do because I bullied a lot of them into doing it. And they, they responded really, really well. They really have. I'm proud of them all. That's awesome. You know, I, I always say, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, we're doing this podcast and people are listening to, to your story and they're like, oh my gosh, this, this woman went through bariatric surgery, which in and of itself is terrifying. So many people right now are going to listen to this and be terrified and listen to your story and be like, wow, not only did she do it, her career changed as a result. She ran and she never thought she was going to run. She completed these races and she's got a baby now and it's going to be a mom. Like these are 
Um, I mean, it only takes a spark to light a flame, right? And that, to me, describes your journey beautifully. Um, I mean, you deserve a standing ovation. You took something and ran with it, literally ran with it. Seriously, don't make me cry. I can't cry today. The hormones, <laughs> they already make me acceptable. Well, you know, it's interesting. I specialize in bariatrics and I've had a client that I just started with not too long ago. And, you know, she has been working her tail off. I mean, she is really putting in the work and it's, it's paying off. She's seeing lots of great changes. And I sat with her and I said, listen, here's what I need you to do. I need you to write down everything that has changed since you started. And I said, don't you dare write a number down. I don't want to hear anything about your, what happened on the scale. I said, write down that you could put your shoes on, that you can walk 10 minutes without getting a shorter, without getting shorter breath, that you can um, get out of bed much more easily, that you're not in pain like you used to be. And I said, make this list. And I told her at the top of the list, I need you to write something specifically down for me. And I told her, I need you to write that you put yourself first. Because mm. that is what this journey is about. When you can put yourself first and put yourself in a position to change, that means you have to say no to other things and other people. And that's the hardest thing, especially, I, I can't speak for men, but from a woman's standpoint, we are always giving to everyone else. So I start your list with number one. I started with putting myself first. Guess what you did, mama? You put yourself first. So this is going to be emotional because you that started and then all these other things happened. And it's just beautiful. Thanks, Cozy. Okay, this is one of my favorite questions that I ask my guests. What is your motto? What words do you live by? Everything you want is outside your comfort zone. Woo! It sure is, isn't it? Yes, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy and nothing's going to change if you keep things the way they are, but if you want it, it's going to be outside, it's going to be outside your comfort zone, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Oh, I, and I lied. I said that was my last question. I have one more question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Only because you're a runner. Okay. Uh, what are your top songs on your playlist? Oh gosh. Mm. Like I can say them on here. Yeah, uh, damn. <laughs> it now it depends. If it's in the morning, it's got to be gospel. Okay. It's got to be something Jesusy. So something, uh, Kirk Franklin or Fred Hammond. This is the day. Um, I can't think of any more right now. But they have to be really, really upbeat um gospel songs first thing in the morning because I gotta start my way my start my day with Jesus after people have run me ragged then I'm I'm listening to a different <laughs> I'm listening to different music so um I'm a little bit old so I definitely like purple ribbon all stars kryptonite if you ever heard that that's it it'll get your blood pumping give me everything tonight by Neo um you can tell I don't like any, most of the music from, from recently. So all of my stuff is like 2000s, 2000 hip hop, uh, 
ludicrous. Okay with that. That was that's my era, so I can I yeah. can definitely get down with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in the two thousands hip hop era, I'm I'm usually I would prefer that at the end of the day. But the, the beginning of the day, Jesus gets that first. So he gets the he gets those tunes, those running tunes. Well, Jamicia, we wish you so much more success in your endeavors and we'll be eagerly awaiting for when your bariatric practice gets up and going. And you better believe when that baby comes, we're going to need some pictures. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us today. All right. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what you thought of this episode and any ideas you'd like to hear more about. Keep in touch through social via Facebook or Instagram at Coach Desi and subscribe to my newsletter at CoachDesi.com. Remember, your journey is still being written.